What's up, ladies and ladies, and welcome to the State Your Business podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kat, pronouns they, them. And I'm Steen, pronouns she, her. Welcome to the first episode. How we oh feeling? Oh my gosh, it's the first episode. Steen and I have been talking about making a podcast for a very long time. And we're finally getting around to it. But I gotta be honest, knowing there's a mic in front of my face makes me a little nervous. Also, not only there being a mic, but there being one mic and us being like a foot apart from each other. Yeah. We have talks all the time, and that's really the reason we wanted to start this podcast, because we think we have very interesting conversations. And even if they're not interesting, it's just fun to hear, to listen to other people's conversations. And as siblings, we have really good ones. We wanted to record them and share them with the world, I guess. But we typically don't do it facing each other oh, with no. a mic in between. Not within a makeout range, that's for sure. We're usually across a big dining table or just, you know, there's usually something between us. Yeah, yeah usually snacks, sharing <laughs> yeah. snacks. Can't really monch as we're recording a podcast, but that's okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe, who knows, maybe some people would like, like the ASMR. Mm, no. Not on this podcast. <laughs> We named our podcast the State Your Business Podcast because we wanted to come to each episode ready to state our business. And what's today's business theme? Stating the business. We're talking about personality types. I think specifically today we're talking about uh, the three we know best, I guess, which would be the Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, and astrology. (laughs) The only ones that matter. Just kidding. If there's other ones out there, tell us about it, because we'll probably hyperfixate and then become obsessed with it, too. Super love personality typing things. I think we were introduced to Myers-Briggs in high school. I think everyone is. I don't know why high schoolers always get around to taking that test. Yeah, well, I feel like, you know, around high school, you're trying to figure out, you know, what you want to go to college for, Ah, career stuff, what career would work, you know, would quote unquote fit best for your personality type. Mm -hmm. I think, you know, everyone gets around to doing the Myers-Briggs, I think, at least once in their life. Right. If not in high school, definitely in college. I remember, I think every time I've like changed where I am. So like high school, I took it, then I retook it in college. Mm -hmm. After college, I took it again and then took it again just to confirm right before we did this episode. Well, I think, I think I learned, not learned, but I had heard too that, especially with the Myers-Briggs, you enter different phases of your life, you know? And Mm. so you might present differently. And and also we grow as people. So I think our personalities are dynamic and the Myers-Briggs, yeah, you have, I think you should retake it every now and then just because it's not a very dynamic typing, um, personality typing system. Whereas the Enneagram, whatever number you get, that's what you are, no matter what. (laughs) Like, it's very fluid, very dynamic. And it's kind of funny because there's so many different, like, categories within these different typing tests, at least for Myers-Briggs and Enneagram, because these ones you have to, well, I I would say with Myers-Briggs, you can take, like, 16personalities.com and get a pretty Mm -hmm. accurate assessment. Enneagram, I remember when you got into Enneagram, you encouraged me not to take tests, but to read about the different types Mm -hmm. and see which one, like, fit me best personally. Mm -hmm. And then astrology is, we're born with this, so... The stars! <laughs> it's fate! And as much as we really like personality tests, we don't base all our decisions no, on them. absolutely not. In fact, I think you touched on it, right? It's a way for us to retake and explore who we are and how we grow and change. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's not static and it's not we don't dictate our lives around what these tests tell us no one should and I think one reason why I really really enjoy personality tests I know some people really push against it because they don't want to feel like they fit into like this box or Mm. that you know they're like everyone wants to feel that in some way that they're unique they're different and Maybe being typed by a test feels too constrictive. You don't associate with all the characteristics maybe with, mm-hmm. within that type, whatever system you're using. But I like it because you get to identify certain patterns. And I think those patterns help us to understand our, ourselves most importantly, but also like other people around us. I do think right. understanding personality tests can help us build more empathy Mm -hmm. um yeah so anyway i think they're super dope no i absolutely agree it works build your empathy um understanding yourself but like you said those around you and how you communicate with people and how they communicate with Mm -hmm. you yeah i think from just like a social psychological anthropological (laughs) communication standpoint (laughs) They're very helpful. But yeah, which one do you want to dive into first? I don't know how you pick. Okay, let's go over astrology first because I think <laughs> it's the one I know the least. I also know it the least. But <laughs> it's the one that's most exciting, I it's think. It's very Meme-wise. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, especially because I feel like, okay, so Myers-Briggs, that's kind of like more serious. It's like right. you take it because you need to figure out what career would fit you best. You know, like you said, taking it in high school or like mm-hmm. as a young adult. And then the Enneagram, I really became exposed to the Enneagram when I was a Christian. It blew up in, you know, Christian spheres and everyone was obsessed with it and learning how to love others, like good stuff. And then astrology, it's so funny in my head, I associate it with just like me being a heathen because I'm like, (laughs) astrology, how did the stars like write who I am? But I also love it because there's so much content on it and it's all like funny and petty and you're not supposed to take it seriously and it's just way more fun less serious yeah I jokingly said that I got into astrology because I'm entering my toxic era and I'll get back into the Enneagram again once I'm um, ready to be healed and ready to be a healthier adult (laughs) (laughs) but for now we all about astrology And, you know, you can be into astrology and not be toxic. Yeah, totally. We're mostly talking about the memes, because yeah. we love the memes. The memes are so good. Shout out to <laughs> at Zodiac Boyfriend for telling me everything I know about all the signs. I also really like how you know a lot about other signs. I've mentioned this to you before, but I only know shit about my own sign, a little bit about yours and, like, my partner, my best friend. But other mm-hmm. than that, when people are like, oh, yeah, I'm a Capricorn, I'm like, ah, oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was that way, too. Um, and then... I got back on the dating apps. <laughs> I was like, ooh, what, like, what's up with this? And yeah, and then I found um, at Zodiac Boyfriend, great posts, learned everything. He taught me everything I know. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think like I was saying about patterns, for me being able to identify the patterns, it helps me to kind of figure out like how the signs, like what the signs are and how they sit and how they present and everything. It's definitely not an expert by any means if you actually want real astrological like information fucking do your own googling um download costar (laughs) i don't know don't don't take my word for it this is fun maybe one day we'll come back and like do like our full birth charts and really dive into it someone in to like explain it to us because future episode Yeah. yeah
Okay, great. Well, do you want to start us off? I'll start us off. <laughs> I am, my birthday is August 28th, so I'm a Virgo sun. Uh, I am a Leo rising, and I am a Cancer moon. These all make sense. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you ask? <laughs> well, I am a Virgo through and through. I love planning. I love organizing. I love being bossy. I love being in charge. Um, <laughs> I just am very um, analytical about mm. things, I think. And I, of course, again, these are traits that, you know, are surface level, meme level Virgos that I always see. Um, but I identify with that. I think I am I am very much a Virgo son in that matter because that's how I like to live my life. And mm. I thrive with having a schedule and being the, the planner or the mom of the group. I think that's very mm. much me. I'm sure there's other signs that share those traits as well. But those are like the things that first come to mind mm. with my Virgo son. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I'm also a big feely person, though. And I think that really shows with my Cancer moon because... Mm-hmm. Your boy's a crier. <laughs> I love to cry. I don't love to cry. Water signs. <laughs> so emotional. Um, but yeah, I feel very deeply and mm-hmm. um, I'm sensitive. I I, I don't think I'm super sensitive. Like I wouldn't classify myself as a highly sensitive person like my partner is and like you are. But oh. I... <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> we can touch I didn't even later. get to talk about myself yet. <laughs> Me. But I'm sensitive. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> they're sensitive. <laughs> and then, if you couldn't already tell from my energy on the podcast or just meeting me once in real life, I'm a Leo rising. I like to be the main character. Oh man, Kat has big main character energy. <laughs> Thank you. I like to be the center of attention. Um, but then as soon as I'm the center of attention... No, that's not true. I was going to say I don't like being perceived, but I do like to be perceived. I like to make that joke. Because I think it's a funny joke, but I 100% like to be perceived and I think you like noticed. to be perceived on your own terms. That's true. Yep, that's what yeah, it is. and Leos always make their own terms. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's cool. I think, yeah, like I said, everything about, you know, what you said and then also just knowing you makes sense to me. I also think it's very cool that your sun and your moon seem very complementary to each other. Mm. Because like you said, like the Virgos... They're um, highly analytical, and then you have the cancers, which are definitely more in touch with, like, the inner workings of how you feel, so you've got, like, yeah. some good head and heart action, kind of working in balance there. The head and the heart. And then, you know, you're rising, which is just like, hey, look at me, I'm fucking awesome. I am. So, <laughs> yeah, I think, wow. Thank you. Wow, what a great I'm a, individual. I'm a, I'm a well-rounded frog. <laughs> frog you're the cutest well-rounded frog thank you thank you Mm. okay your turn okay well i feel like mine's not very exciting i feel like i will also have less to contribute because again i only know about mine (laughs) um i am a gemini sun my birthday is may 29 um may gemini's are the best gemini's (laughs) um you heard it here first state your business podcast Um, and then my moon and my rising are both Virgo. Mm, so I have two Virgo Virgos. placements. Yeah. And so I, <laughs> I I would make this joke all the time that my life, I, like, the Virgos are an earth sign and Gemini is an air sign. And I always joke that I got 
so much like earth bringing me down. I got so many Virgos <laughs> around my life bringing me down because I've got those two Virgo placements. Mm-hmm. You're a Virgo. I Mom am. and dad are Virgos. Are. I was dating a Virgo man, which is the worst of the Virgos. Sorry, straight cis Virgo men. Straight cis Virgo men. Right. We love Sorry. queer Virgo men. They're amazing. <laughs> I've met several. But yeah. Kidding, not kidding. Anyway, so yeah, got heavy heavy Virgo in my chart, which is why I think like when a lot of people meet me, they don't guess that I'm a Gemini yeah. at all. It's only really when you get to know me and get to see like this lighthearted, goofy, talkative side of me that you're like, oh yeah, I see the Gemini. But for the most part, very Virgo energy, a little snooty, a little snobby, but I'm soft inside. <laughs> well, it makes sense because your rising, right, is how your outward presentation yeah. or how you yeah. want to be perceived. Um, mm-hmm. So... I think that makes sense. You have walls. You definitely have walls that you put up. Yeah. And the Virgo-ness <laughs> adds to that Absolutely. Wall. If there's a word that I can think of that describes Virgo, it'd be perfectionist. Oh, yes. 100%. To yeah. a fault, honestly. Yeah. Yeah, of like all the signs, perfectionist. Yeah, that's... That definitely... Yeah. Puts a damper on me sometimes. Leo, main character. Cancer, Feely. Thank God I have that to balance me out or else I wouldn't be a well-rounded frog. <laughs> Gemini, airhead. You know, it makes sense. You have two earth signs because (laughs) your sun sign's in the clouds. (laughs) (laughs) But it's really funny because if um, I'm just gonna kind of jokingly bring in another personality typing system, which Mm -hmm. is um, Avatar, the last airbender. It's really funny because I kind of identify with the water tribe, but I want to be a fire tribe. But, but both my neither. astrological signs are air and earth. That's so funny. I was wanting what you can't, what you aren't. Oh my gosh. Okay, so with that Enneagram. Mm. You go first. Unless, do you want to talk about more on astrology and everything. No, I was just going to say that I wanted to be Earth Tribe when I was Avatar the Land during Avatar the Oh, Land true Avenger. Virgo. Yes, you really love Toph. Exactly. Toph is cool. Loved her. Maybe in more ways than I knew. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Sounds like something to unpack. <laughs> Sounds like I'm queer now. <laughs> and I think you wanted to be a waterbender just so you could bloodbend. That was your thing. Yeah, dude. I'm... <laughs> Not gonna lie, I'm, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little dark and twisty. <laughs> um, okay, I uh, want to move on to Enneagram? Let's do it. Okay, so Enneagram, very interesting. The personality types for these go by numbers, and then it gets like, there's nine total, and then it gets kind of complicated because you go, or you present as like a different number, depending on your whether you're like super healthy and in growth mode Mm. or you're like not doing so hot and you're in like some kind of regression mode you can also have wings which is like the number on either side of the one you are you can Mm -hmm. like present a little bit that way too and then there are subtypes um which is like subtypes are classified as like self-preservation sexual or social and those are like the different ways that your enneagram can present itself so layers on top of the layers so many layers but that's what i like about the enneagram it's because ultimately your personality type is what it is but it's gonna look different Mm -hmm. as you grow as you go through phases in life within like 
certain situations, but at the core, I think I, okay, yeah, so I like the Enneagram because it addresses the core mm-hmm. of, like, who you are. The question it asks is, really, what are you motivated by? Like, mm-hmm. what is your big life Intrinsic question, motivation, motivation mm-hmm. things like that? What are you driven by? And then um, kind of says, you know, the Enneagram kind of, like, posits or theorizes that you're whole personality everything you do is rooted in that everything you are into everything you are your insecurities your strengths your weaknesses come from that root question or the answer to that root question Mm. and so can your wings change throughout life your wings will only ever be the number so i'm an enneagram four Mm -hmm. which means if i'm gonna have a wing most people have a more dominant wing, mm-hmm. so my wing would either be the three or the five. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. can't just choose another random number from... Nah. They're all in a circle. That's why it's called a wing. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> it's on either side. <laughs> hey, but clarify that's for fair. the people yeah. at home. That's, that's a great question. <laughs> okay, well, you've already started. You're an Enneagram 4. Yeah, Enneagram 4, a.k.a. the individualist, a.k.a. the romantic. Of all the nine types, they tend to be the most driven by their emotions and their toxic trait is jealousy Mm. (laughs) jealousy um always wanting what they are not or can't have always feeling a little like too unique or too different from everyone else around them kind of always one um analogy is like fours feel like they're on the outside looking in Mm -hmm. like they have this missing piece and that all sounds very depressing But I think from that motivation, a lot of fours, it's what inspires fours to create Mm. and to really understand the depths of their own feelings. At the end of the day, the only one you can ever truly understand and feel accepted by is you. Yourself. Exactly. And so to make up for feeling so different, so outsider, fours either really press into being different and being unique Mm -hmm. or... um, trying to assimilate and I guess the fours that try to assimilate look more like threes Mm. or are heavier wing threes so yeah I'm a four wing three wing three the three wing the three type tends it's it's called like the achiever they're the ones that really are very competitive try to perform Mm. be the best they want others to like see them love them for being so achieving like to be like recognized Mm -hmm. as being that unique person yeah so a four wing three highly creative highly emotional but definitely is a little bit of a people pleaser in that sense or Mm -hmm. just wanting to have like recognition yeah and you think that's pretty accurate for you oh yeah 100 (laughs) percent i'm working on it (laughs) and then i think my subtype is a sexual four it just means that i I prefer one-on-one interactions with people and, like, the world around me, and it can be very intense. Mm. Yeah. How about, you touched on healthy and unhealthy presentation, so when you're a healthy four or when you're an unhealthy four, do you present as, like, different signs, or can you have traits of different mm-hmm. numbers? Yeah, so when, so it's kind of interesting because, you know how the wings are very straightforward? It's mm-hmm. a number on either side of the type you are. Um, For wings, it kind of, like, starts bouncing off, like, Mm. going all over the place. So an unhealthy four looks, 
I actually don't remember what an unhealthy four moves into, but a healthy four moves into the type one, which is um, the reformer. They're very disciplined, mm -hmm. very like follow the rules. I think overall they're also, they're like the people you need to make the world keep going round. Mm. <laughs> so like, yeah, the a get it done types. Exactly, the get it done types. That's that's great. Yeah. Um, so fours when they're healthy, when they're more disciplined, they kind of move into that because they're finally able to like kind of harness their feelings mm -hmm. and do something about it. Right. Without that fear of m not being recognized exactly. or not being yeah. right or being rejected yes. and things like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I've always wanted to be an eight though. I think eights are badasses. <laughs> and there's your fourness wanting to be something you're not. <laughs> Just like with the Avatar, the last Airbender tribe. <laughs> I don't care about any of the other numbers except eight. <laughs> and that's why you will never be one because you are a four. It's our Avatar be. fire tribe, 100%. <laughs> In the Zodiac, they're um, the Aries signs, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah, what about you? So I am an Enneagram 7 which is the enthusiast. They're the spontaneous types. Mm -hmm. We're extroverted, optimistic, versatile, and spontaneous. So my basic fear as a seven is of being deprived and in pain. And mm -hmm. then my basic de desire is to be satisfied and content, to have my needs fulfilled. Mm. Um, and I think that's true. I am, and it's funny because I'm a Virgo, so I like structure, I like planning, I like that. But at the same time, I am a true seven. Like, mm. I like having a structure to operate within, so I have a plan. But if it go like for trips, for example, I have, I have a trip coming up and have a very detailed itinerary that I made. But at the same time, if we veer off the itinerary, I'm totally good with that. Like if something mm. spontaneous pops up, I am 100% the friend who's like, I'm down. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> like it doesn't throw off your mojo to like exactly. have a, yeah, a, a right. welcome surprise. And so I think, yeah, that really points to my Enneagram 7-ness because I like to go where there's stimulation <laughs> I like to do whatever's the most fun whatever is like the most poppin I think before being married when I was even more extroverted and like mm -hmm. a people person like wherever the most people are wherever mm -hmm. you're also younger have, too yeah true just like overall like in my youth <laughs> as I'm 25 not even 26 years <laughs> old yet. I'm going on 40 <laughs> pretty much but yeah, I just, I, 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 I think I, I do agree with the basic fear of, you know, wanting to get away from pain because mm. in that running towards whatever's fun, whatever's happy, you know, mm. um, I, I, I don't really like to think about my own feelings or <laughs> my own pain. And oh my I, gosh, there's an analytical side. Like you tend to, you don't like to think about your feelings or maybe uh, yes. dwell on your feelings. I don't like to think about my feelings. I don't like to dwell on them. It takes a lot for me to have to like sit down and like face things and also I also think it's part of me is also just running from the anxiety of feeling it because mm. also I want to say everything I'm saying is who I am but it's also a lot of how I present on the inside because on the outside because on the inside I have those anxious thoughts of being deprived or being in pain mm -hmm. or do you think you have a wing I don't know I don't think I've looked into it enough especially since you told me wings don't change because I think again as a youth I would have said I was a seven wing eight because you remember in middle school, I thought I was going to change the world. Like I was like, I'm going to be the CEO of something, <laughs> be the president of something. Mm -hmm. And that's very much eight energy, I would say. Mm. 
because I because seven wing eights are the the realist, right? And I would say my Myers Briggs aligns with that. Mm. But I've read that seven wing six is the entertainer. Six are the ones who are they the ones who like are worried about other people's needs, yeah. mm-hmm. like mom, like taking yeah, care of everyone at the party. So I also do that a lot because mm. I am constantly thinking about other people's needs and wants and mm. reactions and how they're feeling and what they're going to think about this or X, Y, Z. And so, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know that maybe mm. I, that's why I think I'm solidly a seven because I see things of myself in six and eight, but I don't think one stronger than the other. Mm, gotcha. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that's all I really know about Enneagram. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, what's what's that artist's name? Sleeping at last mm. did a yes. whole he he did he had this whole project where he created a song for every Enneagram type. And it was so sweet, I think. And yeah. and because like when he released them, people really connected with and like felt those songs, I hated the four songs, oh. I gotta say, but I feel like that's also classically a very four, four reaction. Thing, yeah, probably so I was like, I don't, I don't feel this. I don't feel seen by this. <laughs> he had fucking woodwinds in there. He had a flute in there and I was like, everyone else gets strings and we get a flute? Are you kidding me? Because I totally forgot that Sleeping At Last did that and I did really love the seven song. The seven is um, I don't even remember how it sounds right now. See, there goes my shit memory. <laughs> But you know, that could also be a very seven thing because you're very present and in the moment. (gasps) Oh my god. That is why sevens are constantly like, you know, chasing after what is exciting, what is new. It's because you want to feel alive and you feel good in your present moment. So when you hit a lull, you're kind of like, okay, what's next? Like, what's chasing that next? That makes sense. But it's also interesting because I like to say that I'm a very much a future, like, forward thinker. Mm. Like, I'm not very present. But I guess. I, I mean that in the sense of yeah when I'm when I'm not stimulated when I'm not when nothing's going on when I'm bored because when I am doing things when my present is exciting I am 100% living the mm-hmm. moment loving it but all the other times when nothing is going on when it's just me mm-hmm. then I'm thinking about the future I'm making plans mm-hmm. looking forward and everything so I mean actually as you're explaining that I'm also thinking you know as a seven you could have your quote unquote shit memory because you're constantly looking forward. Yeah. You're looking forward and then to the like, next thing. To the next thing. Like, let's say your trip that's coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have another trip planned after that. You could be like, have arrived to that first trip and you're already thinking about the next trip. That's and, true. I don't know. I Just am. thoughts. I'm thinking four trips ahead. <laughs> the whole that time. is also the Virgo energy in them. Yep. <laughs> so there you go. It's, it, it's, it's kind of cool seeing how all mm-hmm. these pieces connect. You know, your. Um, yeah. Enneagram with your signs, your your astrology signs, and then mine as well. How they how they fit together? Yeah, and that's why I yeah I that's why I really enjoy one of the reasons why I really enjoy personality typing systems. It's because the patterns, yeah. you know, like um, it's crazy to think that there are people that inv- invented these things. Because I'm like, yeah. you had to have been really observant, Talk really to a lot thoughtful, of mm-hmm. and like it's so interesting how certain characteristics tend to go with certain personality types Mm -hmm. and that shows up very similarly across different typing systems yeah um which kind of proves the whole point of them like to some level these are accurate like Mm -hmm. these are 
common traits. And of course, I, I believe everything's a spectrum, right? Everything oh, totally. is, you can feel little bits of things no uh-huh. matter what your no defined type is. No one's a zero in is. anything. Exactly. Um, but I also like it because me, for someone who finds it hard to do a lot of inner work and inner reflecting, it provides a good like basis mm. point for me to go off of mm-hmm. um, to be able to dive into these things. Like the whole thing with the seven is like, I, I really had to think about that. It's like, is that my basic fear? Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And, and why is it? So mm-hmm. yeah, love it. And we haven't even touched on the big one yet. Myers-Briggs. <laughs> this one, this one I feel like it's going to be easier to kind of talk about because I think more people kind of have a background on it. Absolutely. And then also with all the like letters, those are like the major topics, I guess. Right. Um, and so it's easier to kind of like break it down and like understand. Whereas with, yeah, with Enneagram, it's like, okay, boom. Like you have to know all everything about that number to actually know yeah the divisions that mm-hmm. are in Myers-Briggs yeah. that make mm-hmm. make it up yeah totally so what's yours so for Myers-Briggs for the 16 personality types I am an ENFJ protagonists are inspiring optimists readily taking action to do what they feel is right mm. um and so when it comes to do you want to go back and forth or do we just break it down each one as we go along Oh, let's go back and forth. Okay, so what's your type? Okay, so I'm INFP, and the overarching kind of, like, term for that would be associated with mediator. Mediators are poetic, kind, and altruistic people, always eager to help a good cause. I always like to say I'm a team player, so I guess There you go. (laughs) You are. And, um, hello, Leo Rising, protagonist, main character energy, (laughs) that is me 100%. And I also want to point out that our outer letters mm-hmm. e and j are opposite so i'm an e you're an i i'm mm-hmm. a j you're a p mm-hmm. but our inner ones are the same and f mm-hmm. um, and supposedly that is the best in terms of compatibility for relationships because our inner oh what is it our energy and natures are the same we're compatible there but um our mind and our tactics, the, the E and the oh J gosh. are opposite. And that can help in a relationship because, you know, you fill in where the other person lacks and mm. vice versa, but you have that same foundation in the middle ones mm. um, for, like, relating to one another and whatnot. So, Oh, my gosh, love. Wow. We have such a great relationship anyway. Oh, my god. So basically what you're telling me is I need to find someone who is you. Yes, because <laughs> I found someone who is you in the form of my partner. <laughs> Completely, but no, yeah. y'all are very similar. We're very similar. Both fours. There you go. <laughs> Both have been called babe by Kat. <laughs> I'm starting calling everyone babe, to be honest. <laughs> it's a very neutral term at this point, I think. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's go to mind. So extroversion versus introversion. I wanted to talk about this because I think when I first took this test, I was like 70% extroverted, 75, 80% extroverted, um, 20, 30% introverted. But now when I retook it recently, I'm only 59% extroverted and 41% introverted. Whoa, like almost half. I know. And I really, when I was taking this test, I had to stop and really Mm -hmm. think about like so many questions that I normally would have been like answer super fast. Like, yeah, absolutely. That's me. I was like, is that me? <laughs> like, like, um, like the question you usually prefer to be around others rather than your own. You asked me five years ago. Agree. hundred percent. No hesitation. But th- I read that question recently and I was like, do I? <laughs> and I, uh, it's studies have shown that the longer you're married, mm-hmm. the more introverted you get. I think it also mm-hmm. happens with age sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes a lot of sense, but it's also just kind of funny. The other day, 
I was talking to my best friend and a friend and that friend was like, oh yeah, you know, cat, you know, being an introvert or whatever. And I was like, so caught off guard by that. I was like, <laughs> were you an introvert? Quietly, please. No, actually. So I went through like three stages. The first was confusion. I was mm-hmm. like, cat, an introvert. What? Mm-hmm. And then I was offended. I was like, <laughs> I am not no introvert. I am loud. I am friendly. I am a hundred percent extrovert. And then my third stage was like, wait, I, Actually, I am way more introverted <laughs> these days. Exactly. And I told them the same thing, that I used to be way more mm-hmm. extroverted, but now I'm much more introverted. Um, and so I just think that's really funny how I've changed as much as I age. Because that's one thing I thought like would never change about me, that I'd always be like, ah, like, I want to go see people. Like, mm-hmm, being mm-hmm. around people gives me energy. And that's still very much true. Like, I come home from hanging out with friends, and I usually, like, talk my partner's ear off. Mm-hmm. But um, at the same time, I come home, I talk his partner my partner's ear off but I'm also like oh thank god I'm home like <laughs> I need a rest or like people, I, I'm yeah. not as down as mm-hmm. readily anymore to hang out all the time like mm-hmm. I definitely mm-hmm. need that time home to like recuperate mm-hmm. now gotcha but you've yeah. always been more you've always been introverted. yeah I've always been more introverted I think my numbers right now are like 60 well actually whoa 61 percent introverted and 39 percent extroverted we're almost, we're almost oh, this is the whole reason why we started this podcast, because we're very different people. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think for me, it's so interesting because I weirdly don't like to be alone, mm. like completely alone. I like more, you know, like I'm a very verbal processor, so I need to have someone else in order to like kind of think through things. This mm. is why I hit you up all the time, literally. <laughs> but um. Yeah, like, being completely alone is not something I'm very interested in. However, I do find it very relaxing to be, to have someone around, mm-hmm. but not necessarily be interacting with them to to be able to, like, do all my introverted shit or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Um, which I feel like is very normal, especially if, like, you're in a relationship with someone. Right. Um, you don't feel the need to be on because that person is, like, your person and you're very comfortable being Just yourself. existing yeah. around them. Existing yeah. around them, for sure. Um, I definitely am drained by, um, you know, certain people, especially certain interactions. So, like, for me, I don't like spontaneous shit like that. You can't spring that on me. Mm-hmm. I have to... This is why I plan my social events in advance, so that way I know. Break time between. Yes, and also, like, I I can, like, kind of, like, dole out my energy Mm -hmm. accordingly. spoons. spoons Yeah, my spoons. Um, Yeah, making sure I have a spoon for every single thing, Mm -hmm. because then if I have no more spoons, then I'm just like, that's it. I'm done. I cannot give. And actually, I'm learning to do that a lot better nowadays, Mm because I think before I used to just go with the flow because that was just more fun. And I also like, like being fun, obviously, mm-hmm. but, um, it's just, I'm learning to like, listen to myself and have you heard of Jomo? FOMO, but Jomo? No. What's Joy of Missing Out. Oh, I've yeah. never heard of that before. Yeah, that's some good shit right there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love the Jomo. So, mm, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. As a seven and an extrovert, it makes sense. I've never heard that before. <laughs> In my life. I mean, I feel FOMO, but then more more so, I'm just like, oh, I'm tired. <laughs> but that's good that you respect what you need, you know, what your body needs and what your mind needs. Because I used to just, like, push, push, push past mm. what I, what I, I, I 
was actually capable of. Mm -hmm. And I think also having an introverted partner just makes me more conscious of it because, Mm -hmm. you know, we do things a lot together, right? Mm -hmm. And so his energy levels are way lower than my energy Mm -hmm. levels socially, just also like even if it's just the two of us just going out and doing things, just being Mm -hmm. away from Mm -hmm. home. And so um, I think part of it is he has like trained me (laughs) to want to be home more. But at the same time, it's also, I don't know, I just kind of, you kind of match your partner and I'm just more conscious Mm -hmm. of like... guys kind of level each other out. Exactly. Like I like to always say like I needed a partner who would worship me, but also like call me out on my bullshit. And sometimes that bullshit is being like, hey, let's go out for the third time this week. And he's like, absolutely not. (laughs) Yeah. But it's good for me too. To, to rest. I think he, he reminds you to rest. He does. Yeah. He, he, he really is. He mm. just fills in the holes. <laughs> okay, the next one. Energy. Intuitive or observant? I mean, we're both intuitive. We're both ends. And so apparently we're both very imaginative, open-minded, curious, yeah. value originality, mm-hmm. focus on hidden meanings and distant possibilities. I was listening to a podcast on um, Myers-Briggs types mm-hmm. and everything, and they were saying that, like, intuitive people, um, whereas observant people are very, like, they're very factual, they're very much, like, focusing on what can happen, right. what has happened, and then from there drawing conclusions. Intuitive people usually don't know how to explain certain things, like why they think a certain way or why they think something is going to happen. Mm-hmm. They just, and again, this is one of my favorite words, but they notice patterns mm-hmm. and they're able to kind of like pick up on how those patterns are moving and are able to kind of like understand the world through that i think that's just so cool and just touching on intuition in general i think you have a very strong intuition it's scary yeah you're we when we were um religious we would call you prophetic (laughs) (laughs) i guess we can still call you prophetic i guess so prophet yeah (laughs) but yeah there are just instances where yeah your, your intuition has been very strong and very accurate yeah my intuition's scary i used to like dream stuff and it would happen. And mm. then also, like, just jokingly, um, like, we, we've done some tarot readings. Mm-hmm. And that's been a little, like, for me, that's been a little crazy. And then um, most recently, more fun one, I was um, <laughs> playing a card game uh, with a guy I'm dating. And I literally have been beating him at cards. And it's because I'm, like, speaking into existence. Like, the card that I you're need gonna get. this. <laughs> and then the deck gives it to me. And I'm just like, yeah. Wow, is that intuition or is that you just commanding the universe, bro? Like apparently, I am a commander of the universe, according to the um, Aztecan calendar. You know, I, and and that's something that you know you mentioned like tarot readings and like there are people who like in their blood in their lineage like way back whatever village they came from like they're are like healers and people who are in tune with like the spiritual mm-hmm. world and that shit gets passed down like through your genes through totally. your blood and. You know, sadly, we don't know a lot about, like, our past or our ancestors, and it just makes me wonder. Like, I wonder if there was a healer or, like, a wise tribal leader of some sort, like, in In our... genes. Exactly, that you got your powers from. My powers! You know, or your intuition, that, that, you know, um, sensitivity to the earth and to the spiritual Mm -hmm. realm and everything. I definitely believe in a world unseen in the sense that, like, there's energy... Mm -hmm. there's I I wouldn't say ghosts I wouldn't say like demons or anything like that but there is like a type of energy that some people are definitely way more sensitive to I'm definitely not even 
I, I might have some of that, but there are people that are way more in tune. Yeah. And, you know, supposedly you can harness that. You can, like, hone in on those skills. Mm. Um, and, yeah, that's really interesting. And also, like, think about it. You and I are, like, the end result of every single one of our ancestors before us yeah. so there had to have been some right. kind of like a shaman kind of healer person or intuitive spiritual leader within right. our lineage at some point you know and it just makes me also wish in general and maybe there are resources out there and i just haven't looked for them but just you know the philippines is such a colonized country so much of that culture has been pushed down by like the spanish Absolutely, the americans yeah. the japanese um especially the spanish bringing catholicism over and everything yeah and just essentially stamping out so much of you know our culture because yeah. i think the filipinos have always been a very spiritual people mm-hmm. and so with colonization so much of that was wiped out and so not only do you lose the spirituality but the culture is inherently tied to that absolutely the fact that you you know like it's just hard to even wrap your head around like indigenous like filipino practices or be aware of them unless you like go looking for it or it's something you're already exposed to exactly it's like for us totally like i mean even just the fucking colonized part of our culture is hard to connect to because even filipinos who come to america i mean it's very common that kids who grew up in America whose parents immigrated like we don't speak the language mm-hmm. unlike a lot of other cultures who teach their kids the language mm-hmm. um so yeah even the colonized culture of our uh, co- the colonized part of our culture even feels inaccessible sometimes how much more the indigenous like roots of it mm-hmm. that before a colonization totally. so and this might be like this is probably a great thing to touch on too in like a different episode but that's why like one of the reasons why like, especially on social media, just because I'm on social media all the time, it takes less, I guess, less energy, less work to learn about my culture mm-hmm. by, like, going on social media and seeing what other people have to say. But there's, like, a whole, yeah, even within, like, the Filipino culture, there is, like, a stark difference between those who are in the homeland mm-hmm. um, versus the diaspora Filipinos and yeah. what those cultures look like. Mm-hmm. Um how people from each one, especially us as diaspora Filipinos, how we, like, we present. And even then, like, you and I, our families, like, we were evangelical Christian That's Filipinos. That's another layer. That's another fucking layer. We're not, like, normal, fun, big family, loud. Loves football, parties all the time, take shots basketball. together. <laughs> yeah. Football but, and basketball. Yeah. I just say because Filipinos in the Bay Area love the Niners, like, more That's than, true. Like, That's itself. true. That's true. <laughs> Niners and the, and the Warriors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> So nature, thinking versus feeling. Uh, we're definitely more feelings. We definitely value that emotional expression and sensitivity. Um, we place a lot of importance on empathy, social harmony, cooperation. So I think it's pretty obvious that we would have been, you know, of the feeling How type. much do you think of that as an, a cultural influence too? Because mm. when you think about people who are from very collectivistic communities... Yeah, I wonder if they're more feeling types versus, you know, people who come from other cultures where you're a little more individualistic, which you present more as a, um, I don't know, as like a a thinking uh, thinking type. type. Yeah. Yeah. Very rational. Right. You know, all those things. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was just thought. Tactics. (laughs) Judging versus prospecting. For this one, I, I thought it was interesting. I am way more judging. I'm 74% judging, 26% prospecting. 
<gasps> Judging individuals are decisive, thorough, highly organized. Virgo. They value clarity, <laughs> predictability, closure, preferring structure and planning to spontaneity. And this one I think is funny that I, I, I was so high in judging because I do also love, like, the spontaneity and, like, I'm a seven. But, again, I think that's such a, you know, seven is who I am on the inside in my heart. But mm-hmm. based on who how I age and the relationships I make and how I change as a person. Because I think I was more prospecting before. I think in high school I was an ENFP and now I'm an mm-hmm. ENFJ. So mm-hmm. I think that's interesting. And oh. you're you're the other. You're prospecting. Yep, sixty five percent prospecting. Prospecting individuals are very good at improvising and adapting mm. to opportunities. They tend to be flexible nonconformists who value novelty of a stability. Mm. That is definitely me to a T. I definitely think about like in my twenties, I was just chasing whatever was new and yeah. fun, and really not setting up myself up for success <laughs> for the rest of my life. <laughs> very unstable time of my life. <laughs> And then did you do the last part, the A versus T? Yeah, that one I don't understand as Me much. neither, but let's say what we are. What are you? I'm a T, a turbulent. I'm an A, assertive. I figured, yep. Okay, so yeah, what's yours? So 54, turbulent, 46, assertive. So I'm kind of like half and half more so, mm-hmm. but like turbulent individuals are <laughs> self-conscious and sensitive to stress. Ah, yeah. They feel a sense of urgency in their emotions and tend to be success-driven, perfectionistic, and eager to improve. Wow, I feel added. <laughs> For me, I'm 56% assertive, 44% turbulent. Assertive individuals are self-assured, even-tempered, resistant to stress. They refuse to worry too much and tend to be self-confident when striving to achieve goals. That is me also to a T. It's also hard for me to say that because despite this being me 90% of that of the time, 10% of the time it builds up and I break down and I'm just like, ah, it's too much. Yeah, you have a really high threshold I for do. stress. Yeah, and that's why I relate I'm to that because sure. I do have a... Th- high threshold but I'm not immune to it entirely and so mm-hmm. when it finally does culminate it's just like it's a whole day of just not being able to deal but the rest of the time mm-hmm. I'm able to deal to a high level <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so like you are more like a pressure cooker yeah. that needs to release seasonally whereas <laughs> for me I'm more of a slow cooker <laughs> that needs to release Every month, in tune with my menstrual cycle. It's <laughs> a good way of putting it. I like it. Slow cooker, pressure cooker, crock pot, insta pot. Damn, I don't want to be no crock pot. <laughs> you want damn crock pot. I don't want to. Oh wow. oh wow, that's so that's so funny. I yeah, when I read the two um, assertive and turbulent, mm-hmm. I instantly knew. I was like, yeah, that's assertive for sure. <laughs> I haven't even read the description. I just know. I also think that comes from my childhood trauma. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that was my follow up question. You know, as two people that grew up in the same household, we are so different. We had the same yeah. parents, more or less, very similar experience. Like we went to the same school yeah yeah like, literally the same like same environments really like yeah, really for education for home life mm-hmm. um do you think birth order has to do with it absolutely i 100 <laughs> percent agree you're mom and dad's first kid you know the first one to you you were born in the philippines you came to america mm-hmm. um and they didn't know what to do they didn't know how to raise a kid and you're also the oldest here in california um, mm-hmm. you were the first All one of the brothers. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So you were the first child, like 
period. Like, not on mom's side in the Philippines, but you weren't in the Philippines anymore. You were here in America. And so you being the first child and mom and dad not having that support of other... Um, others of their siblings who already had kids because dad's brother has kids. Our cousins, we do have cousins older than Christine, but they're in, they were in Florida growing mm-hmm. up. Um, and so, yeah, they didn't have that support. And I 100% think that, you know, contributed to you and your issues. <laughs> I got issues. <laughs> but also for me, um, I was... Seeing 100- that and you're like, oh, fuck that. Actually, I want to say it's really funny because I used to promise to mom and dad, I won't be like Christine when I grow up. I won't give you a hard time. I promise. I won't give you a hard time. Man. Oh, man. I know. I was a little jerk when I was a kid. It's because I was so like, I'm going to rule the world. Uh, I was also such a jerk as a kid because I was like, Jesus is watching. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the other level of trauma we're going to talk about. But when it comes to just like birth order and things, I was very much always the peacekeeper of our family. Uh-huh. Um, like when you and and dad were fighting, especially and mom sometimes thrown in there. Um, and we also have a four year age gap, which is pretty significant. Like yeah. I'm surprised how close we are despite our age. Mm-hmm. But it's I think because I'm 40 in my heart. Um, <laughs> and you are too, I guess. <laughs> no, you're 40 in your heart and I'm still like 20. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. At uh, least in our relationship. <laughs> It shows, but I think that's why I have such a why, why I have so many so much of those that, those assertive traits, you know, mm-hmm. being self assured, resistant to stress, even tempered, because I had to keep the peace in our house just mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. make sure you guys could communicate, make up, things could keep rolling. Oh, <laughs> I'm um, sorry. You know, remember okay. as a kid, you used to like um l- like compare yourself to like being steady like an ox. I did. Yeah, because then. Our personality typing system was the actual Chinese zodiac. Oh yeah! After oh born shit! Year of the real ox. quick, real quick, what's your unborn order? year of the rooster? Ooh ooh ooh! <laughs> <laughs> wow, that was an awful crow because I said a woo like a dog, but I was like trying to make it sound like a rooster. You know, oh I almost God. said I was born year of the cock too. <laughs> <laughs> Just a spring chicken over here. (laughs) But I am ox. (laughs) Okay, okay. I am year of the ox, and I think it's funny, because, see, I'm telling you, I don't remember shit about my childhood, bro. You tell me things all the time, and I'm like, I did? But it makes sense, because also, mom would call me baby demulag, which is, like, baby water buffalo, which is basically Basically an ox. ox. And, um, yeah, I mean, also, it makes sense they had me... (laughs) You were a problem child. (laughs) What's that? A snake because I kept leaving my clothes everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) My clothes never found its way to the hamper. It would be strewn about. (laughs) So funny. Uh, I mean, we were also. Well, I don't know. Did Mom ever call you Bruja? She always did because I didn't like to brush my hair. Oh, you you hated brushing your hair. I still hate brushing my hair. I know. One of these days, I'm gonna go bald. It's, it's for sure gonna happen. I just, I don't see that happening, though. Now it's a challenge. Now I'm definitely gonna do it. Not bald, but I'm gonna, I wanna buzz. I wanna okay, buzz my yeah, hair yeah, you said that. Yeah. So, when I thought bald, I thought you meant, like... Dad bald? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Actual bald? No. <laughs> yeah. hmm Yeah, so, birth order, definitely, like, so interesting that we turned out so opposite. Yeah. Growing up. And still so close. hmm And I think we... 
Um, you know, there's definitely periods where we weren't as close, but for the most part, we've always stayed close and, Mm -hmm. like, wanted to maintain our relationship. I think there's siblings out there who don't really care to because they have those needs fulfilled through friendships, like, really close friendships. So, I don't, yeah, I've always envied that and, like, never really understood that. And maybe that's just, like, part, in part, like, my own personality of being more reserved, Mm -hmm. um, and just not really like I can make friends easily but Mm -hmm. those deep lasting friendships like when people talk about having friends that they still keep in touch with from like elementary school I'm just one so in awe and so jealous because I'm like how how do you do it you know um but because I've always just had you and (laughs) that's cool with me good enough (laughs) fulfills the checks that box don't need big check And I will say, I do have friends that I keep in touch with from elementary school, and they were my best friends in elementary school, and I would still say they're close friends now, but we don't talk all the time. All my friendships, well, I would say 99% of my friendships are very low maintenance, which is the way I like it, where when (laughs) we do get together, it's picking up like the last time we hung out, nothing's weird, nothing's awkward, we're able to joke and laugh, Mm. and my my friends from elementary school, I would definitely say this applies to, but I'm still friends with them, but not close in the way that you're describing. Those things... are those white people that you described? They are for sure white people. Yes, of course they're white people because I also think it's a cultural thing there too. Absolutely. Like family, families, everything. Brown people, yes, way closer to their families. Like yes. you know, depending on how. You, but I would say, like in Most general, of the, time. the yeah. stereotype is you grew up with your aunties, your uncles, your cousins. Mm-hmm. They are. They are your network, and a lot of times, even with brown parents, they're like, no, you're not hanging out with your friends. No, you're not having a sleepover. No, sleepovers? What? You have a house here. I feed you. Why do you want to go to someone else's house? Exactly. But I also think that plays plays a role in that, you know, because a lot of times, yeah, we weren't allowed to hang out with our friends all the time, but we could always hang out with each other. In fact, we always had to hang out with each other, whether we wanted to I was 14 and still playing with stuffed animals, like... (laughs) You were a good sister for that. Literally 14. Because, again, that four-year age gap, mm-hmm. I was still rocking with my, my plushies and my dolls. I actually, yeah. never played with dolls, but plushies for sure. Yeah. And I was like 8, 10, and you were well past the age <laughs> to be playing make-believe, but you still did it with me. Appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Kept I think young. this is also a reason why, like, you are very comfortable with people that are older than you and making friends older for than sure. you. And for me, like, most of my friendships tend to be people who are younger than That's me. That's so funny. Isn't that so funny? We're just always looking for each other. <laughs> Relationship. So are we soulmates? I think we are. Well, that's a little bit about us um, <laughs> and our personality types. <laughs> I hope y'all had a good time getting to know Kat and I a little better. I hope you found, I don't know, our comments, insights, entertaining. If you have any thoughts or if you know, know more about like what we talked about, I'm always trying to learn more yeah. about these personality typing systems and also if you want to just share with us you know anything you resonated with or share your personality type um would love that you know send us an email at sib.pod at gmail.com or you know shoot us a dm at state your business oh yeah at state your business and we'll see you next time goodbye bye